Fads come and go, and nowhere more than in the world of weight loss. That's why Noom's weight management programs are made to last. Noom uses science and personalization to help you manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Welcome to the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com, your daily morning podcast, updating you on everything you need to know to win your fantasy baseball league. Here's your host, Jake Crumpler. What's up, fellow fantasy managers? Welcome back to another episode of the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. My name is Jake Crumpler, and it's the weekend, so as always, I'll be taking over for Bubba as the host of the weekend editions of the podcast. You can follow me at at Jake Crumpler on Twitter and can find all of my work at crumplerbaseball.com. Let's dive into everything baseball related from Saturday, June 24th. We'll start it off as always with the transactions, injuries, news, and notes from around the league. We actually had no notable IL placements, which is always a cause for celebration. But in terms of transactions, it's mostly positive. We had outfielder Cedric Mullins being activated from the 10-day IL by the Orioles. He missed nearly a month with a right groin strain and will be immediately reinserted into the top of the lineup for the Orioles. But he DH'd in his return, so he may be eased into outfield work. Elsewhere, shortstop David Fletcher had his contracts selected by the Angels. He played just eight games earlier this year before being DFA'd, but in 43 games at AAA, he hit 383 with a 125 WRC plus and more walks and strikeouts. He started at shortstop in his return and sparked his team to a massive win. Talk about that later. It's really too early to tell right now if he's taking over for Andrew Velasquez, who has been starting with Zach Neto on the IL, but shortstop would be Fletcher's clearest path to playing time. The Angels also optioned first baseman Jared Walsh and will begin using Hunter Renfro at first base, at least against right-handers, so that'll get Mickey Moniak's bat into the lineup in right field, and it will give Renfro a shot at acquiring first base eligibility in the next couple of weeks. The Angels also made another move, acquiring Mike Moustakis in their second trade in as many days from the Rockies. He will play into the team's bench depth as of now, mostly at third base and first base. And lastly, third baseman Max Muncy is expected to be activated from the 10-day IL by the Dodgers on Tuesday. In terms of news, we finally learned about the status of Aaron Judge's toe injury. We had been under the impression that it was just a sprain this whole time, but he revealed yesterday that he has a torn ligament in the big toe and is still in pain when he walks. Judge is due to continue his extended absence, and we likely won't even see him back on the field until after the All-Star break, so it's a tough blow for fantasy managers and Yankees fans alike. Starting pitcher Brandon Woodruff, though, threw a successful 25-pitch bullpen session yesterday. He's still a few weeks away from returning, but it's good to see him starting the ramp up process without any setbacks. Starting pitcher Eduardo Rodriguez similarly threw three innings and about 50 pitches in batting practice yesterday. Everything looked good and Erod seemed encouraged by the successful round of BP. He should be returning in the next couple of weeks or so. And lastly, the Marlins are considering giving starting pitcher Ayuri Perez a break prior to the All-Star break to keep his workload down during his debut campaign. He's expected to make his next two starts, but may take a breather through the All-Star break after those two starts. And before we look at the notable performances from Saturday, we've got a quick word from Underdog Fantasy. 
Are you ready to step up to the plate and show off your fantasy baseball skills? Check out Underdog Fantasy's 7th Inning Stretch Tournament from now through July 14th where you can build your dream team and compete against your friends for the $150,000 in total prizes. The best part, once you draft your team, you're all set. No need to worry about waivers, substitutions, or trades during the tournament, and don't worry about setting your lineups each week. Underdog will automatically select your highest scoring players for you. The 7th Inning Stretch has 4 thrilling rounds, each with its own player groups. From the 12-person groups in round one to the intense 134-person final group in round four, the competition keeps getting more intense the further you go. And with our code PITCHERLIST, P-I-T-C-H-E-R-L-I-S-T, you'll receive a 100% deposit match up to $100, and it's only $7 to enter. Just check the description of this episode for the sign-up link and make sure you use the promo code PITCHERLIST when you sign up. Mark your calendars. The tournament starts right after the MLB All-Star break, so get ready to dive into the action. So what do you waiting for visit the link in the episode description use promo code pitcherless and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100 join us in the seventh inning stretch tournament and experience the thrill of fantasy baseball like never before on underdog good luck and may the best team win you must be 18 years or older 19 or older in Alabama and Nebraska 21 or older in Massachusetts and Arizona and present in a state where underdog fantasy operates terms apply concerned with your play call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.ncpgambling.org in Arizona call 1-800-NEXT-STEP and in New York, call 1-877-8-HOPE-NY. In Tennessee, call 1-800-889-9789. Now we'll look at the notable performances from Saturday, a day in which we had a full slate of 15 games, and we had a notable matchup between the Cubs and the Cardinals in London, England. They kicked off the London series, and we'll kick off our look at the notable performances with our hitters, leading off with Ian Happ in that game. He went two for five with a pair of dingers. He scored twice and knocked in two runs, as both of them were solo shots. He's up to seven home runs now, and both home runs had an exit velocity of at least 104 miles per hour. Happ showed out for the British crowd on Saturday, giving them the false impression of who might be the best player in baseball. He's not having the best season fantasy-wise, but he's contributed across the board for the Cubs. The lack of power might be due to a lack of aggressiveness for Happ. He's swinging 4% less than he did last year, which has led to a massive boost to his walk rate, but a reduction in his home run production. Regardless, Happ's been better than last year in terms of WRC+, and should be a decent contributor in fantasy, with slightly above average production in all five categories. Angels hitters are actually probably the most notable performance on Saturday as they had a 25 to 1 blowout of the Rockies in Coors which set a franchise record for runs and they also set a franchise record with 28 hits. We're going to look at a few of the biggest performers from the Angels in that game. We'll start it off with Mickey Moniak who went a perfect 5 for 5 scoring 5 times with a home run, 3 doubles and 4 RBI. He's up to 7 home runs on the season now. The 2016 overall pick looks to finally be tapping into his potential. He's got a 1 1,074 OPS on the season, and he showed the full scope of his skills in the drubbing on Saturday. However, Moniak will need to work on his plate discipline if he wants the success to remain outside of course. Hunter Renfro also had a perfect day going 5 for 5, scoring 3 times with 2 doubles, 4 RBI, and a walk. He looked comfortable in his first game playing first base. The perfect night race has averaged 14 points to 261, which, if maintained, would be the best of his career. It may not be a big enough improvement, though, to make up for the reduction of Renfro's home run power 
guys he has just 12 on the season right now. David Fletcher looked great in his return going four for six with a run, a home run, and five RBI to tie his career high. It was his first home run of the season. Fletch looked to be the spark the team needed as his return ignited the team's offense. We likely won't see too many more long balls from the light-hitting middle infielder as this was just his 15th career home run, but Fletcher is great in points leagues because of his aversion to strikeouts. Brandon Jury also had a big game going three for five, scoring three times with a home run and four RBI. It was his 13th home run of the year and it traveled 437 feet with a 105 mile per hour exit velocity. Jury is doing a great job at repeating last year's breakout and being one of the few successful Angels offseason signings in recent years. And he's become an even more enticing fantasy option recently as he's moved up to the cleanup spot to bat behind Shohei Otani and Mike Trout. So he could be one of the biggest RBI producers in baseball moving forward. And lastly, we have catcher Matt Theis going three for six with three runs, a home run, two RBIs, and a walk. It was his fourth home run of the year and it had a 108 and a half mile per hour exit velocity. It took a little while for Theis's bat to come along after he transitioned back to catching last year, but he's actually been an above average contributor on both sides of the ball for the Angels this year. And actually we do have one more as Mike Trout had a big game before being pulled going three for three, scoring three times with a home run, an RBI and a walk. It was his 17th home run of the year and it traveled 451 feet with a 110 and a half mile per hour exit velocity. That was the furthest hit ball in all of baseball on Saturday. And it's actually been a down year in terms of Trout's standards. His average and slugging percentage are below 260 and 500 respectively for the first time since his debut campaign in 2011. And his WRC plus is also the worst of his career since that season. I expect a Troutian hot stretch at some point in the summer to bring his numbers more in line with his career rates because of his track record and because StatCast suggests he's been very unlucky this year. And lastly, we have Mike Ford in Baltimore as he did all he could, but the Mariners went home with the loss. He went two for four and went deep twice. He scored twice and knocked in two runs. He's up to six home runs on the year now. His first home run traveled 434 feet and his second one had a 109 mile per hour exit velocity. And while Ford had a big day at the plate, it wasn't indicative of what he's been doing since his promotion. While he's displayed elite power, he's been way too aggressive. He's striking out a ton. He's not walking at all. He's batting just 182 after this game. A newfound plate approach that resulted in more walks than strikeouts at AAA earlier this year has really not transferred well to the majors. And while the Mariners will take the home runs, Ford's going to need to recover that plate approach if he wants to stick in the majors because a near 35 point difference in your walk and strikeout rates is far from sustainable. But if you'd like a rundown of the notable hitting performances on Saturday, check out the Daily Batters Box article over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the mound and check out the notable starting pitching performances from Saturday. This will sort of be a note section as we won't have full breakdowns of each of the starters that I choose to go over. We'll start it off with Bobby Miller as regression continued to hit him. He surrendered six runs on 10 hits and after his hot start to his career, his ERA now sits at 4.13. Lance Lynn and Pablo Lopez tied for the gallows pole with 19 whiffs apiece despite each pitcher giving up three runs. Lynn followed up his 16 strikeout outing with another solid start and Lopez was the only pitcher with double-digit strikeouts on Saturday. Luis Severino finally had a good start, and it came against the league's top offense. He shut out the Rangers across six frames. However, came with just four whiffs and a 21% CSW, so he's not out of the water yet. And lastly, Griffin Canning shut out the Rockies in Coors while his offense blew them out of the water. He tossed six shutout frames with just four hits allowed while striking out seven, and he racked up 18 whiffs with a 31% CSW. Canning actually has pitched to a 2.25 ERA across his last six starts with a 37 to 6 strikeout to walk ratio, so he's been having a lot of success recently. Canning will be an underrated safe stream in his next start versus the Diamondbacks, but 
if you'd like a breakdown of every single start from Saturday, give the Plus Pitch Podcast a listen and check out Nick's daily starting pitcher roundup over on PitcherList.com. Now we'll head to the bullpen and look at the relievers that got saves and the closers that pitched outside of safe situations or blew their saves. We started off with Camilo Duvall, who earned his 22nd save to lead the National League. We also saw Emmanuel Classe get his 23rd to tie for the MLB lead with Jordan Romano, who also got his 23rd after Yimi Garcia put two men on base to make it a safe situation as Romano needed just one out to secure that save. We saw Hunter Harvey record his fifth save as Kyle Finnegan pitched in the eighth, and it looks like we've got a changing of the guard there in Washington. David Robertson and Rizal Glass each got their 11th save. We saw Ron Marinaccio grab save number two as Clay Holmes pitched in the eighth, and I don't think that's a changing of the guard there. I think that's just a one-off situation. And the last two, we saw Evan Phillips grab number 10 and Alex Lane grab save number 12. Now for the closers to pitch outside of save situations or blow their saves, Paul Seawald pitched the ninth in a tie ball game that went to extras. Felix Bautista blew the save, giving up a home run to the aforementioned Mike Ford. Kendall Graveman blew his save, but was bailed out when Kenley Jansen pitched the bottom of the ninth in a tie game and gave up a walk-off run. And lastly, David Bednar pitched the ninth and 10th, gave up the game-tying run in the 10th after the lead was acquired and still went home without a decision. But if you'd like a rundown of the notable relief pitching performances from Saturday, give the Daily Reliever Ranks article a read over on PitcherList.com. Sunday's edition was written by yours truly. And before we look forward to today's games, we're going to take a quick break. When it comes to weight management, we tend to put our focus on what we eat, but Noom's approach puts the focus on why we eat, and that's a game changer. Noom uses science and personalization so you can manage your weight for the long term. Their psychology-based approach helps you build better habits and behaviors that are easier to maintain, and they help you understand the science behind your eating choices and why you have those cravings. Noom's personalized courses are easy to follow, and will help grow your confidence with tools you can put into practice on day one. The best part? You decide how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. And based on a sample of 4,272 Noomers, 98% say Noom helps change their habits and behaviors for good. Try Noom today and see the results for yourself. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com to sign up for your trial today. Now we'll look forward to Sunday, June 25th, a day in which we'll have another full slate of 15 games. My matchup of the day is Garrett Cole versus Nathan Eovaldi. Garrett Cole is the premier starting pitcher, and I'm interested to see if Eovaldi can reclaim the velocity lost in his last start. In terms of probable starters, we've got 10 pitchers in the auto start tier, so it's ace day on Sunday. Those 10 pitchers include Garrett Cole, as well as Zach Wheeler versus the Mets, Corbin Burns in Cleveland, and Dylan Cease versus the Red Sox. Our probably start tier has seven guys, and that's where we'll find our streamer of the day in seven. Seth Lugo versus the Nationals. He hasn't missed a beat since returning from the injured list and is facing a weak lineup in Washington. I'd also keep an eye out for Yusei Kikuchi in Oakland. His secondaries have been great recently and you don't need my explanation to tell you why the A's are a good matchup to stream against. I'd also look at Cutter Crawford on the south side of Chicago. I like what he did as a reliever and while he's been pretty solid as a starter, he hasn't blown anybody out of the water, but I think this is a good matchup where 
Crawford can sort of set himself apart. In terms of hitter suggestions, they're going to be the same as yesterday because it went so well. I think Cubs and Cardinals hitters in London is a good option. We've witnessed the Cubs take advantage of the juiced international balls yesterday, and I think this time we may see both sides do so. I also like the Braves and Reds hitters in Great American Ballpark. It's been a high-scoring series for them. It was a 10-11 game in the first game and a 6-7 game in the second, and the Reds are likely to send unproven starter Levi Stout to the mound in game three, so that could be another high-scoring outing. And lastly, of course, Angels and Rockies hitters again. Following last night's 25-1 slugfest, everyone should be targeting this matchup, especially on the Angels side. And lastly, we'll close things out with relievers to watch. Kenley Jansen has pitched on back-to-back days and in three of the last four, so Chris Martin will be the temporary closer today. Clay Holmes has pitched on consecutive days, so one of Michael King or Wandy Peralta will likely be called upon if a save arises. Jordan Romano has gone in each of the past two days and in four of the last five, so Eric Swanson is the most likely vulture save candidate today. David Bednar has gone back-to-back and in three of the last four, so I'd expect Dory Moretta to pitch the ninth with a slim lead. And lastly, Camilo Duvall has saved consecutive ball games in three of the last four, and Taylor Rogers is the least overworked late-inning reliever and should be the interim closer for the day. But that'll do it for today's episode of the First Pitch Podcast. Make sure to head on over to PitcherList.com to check out all of the great articles and features we have on the site, including fantastic player pages and daily DFS suggestions. Join PL Pro to gain access to the Discord to interact with PitcherList staff and members of the community, as well as to utilize the in-season tools to help you win your leagues. That'll wrap up this edition of the podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Jake Crumpler. Tune in tomorrow and every day for a new installment of the podcast. Bubba will be back with you on Monday and throughout the week, and make sure to enjoy the day as we are blessed with another day of baseball. This has been the First Pitch Podcast, brought to you by PitcherList.com. If you enjoyed today's episode, rate us on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at PitcherList, and help support what we do by joining our Discord with PitcherList Plus at PitcherList.com slash plus.